Elliot Cadeau is in Chapel Hill and he is ready for that freshman season. But what's going to be best for him? To be inserted into the starting lineup right away or to take a little time to figure it out and come off the bench? You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, June 16th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. Joining me today are two of the dutiest dudes been trying to come up with a bromance name for them. I'm either going with Harlow or Magnata. I haven't figured it out yet, but we got the guys right over here, Mr. Josh Marlowe, right next to me. And down below me, if you're watching, is our guy, Anthony Pagnata, the Heel Tough Blog Boys, coming on a Friday. Hey, coming up on the show today, we're going to talk a little bit about Carolina's football recruiting class for the class of 24. There's been a flurry of movement in this class following all of UNC's camp action, but there hasn't been too much elite talent committed. So we want to look at some of those things. But before we get there, Marlo wrote an article. I guess it's been a couple weeks ago now, Josh, but uh, it was titled, Should Elliot Cadeau Start Right Away? Now, for those of you who are everydayers, you're with us all the time, you know that I have been a proponent of, hey, let's let's do start Cadeau right away. But there is a lot of interesting there. We've, we've talked about it some this week, that it's probably projecting to be a starting lineup of other than him, a lot of upperclassmen, a true senior in R.J. Davis, fifth-year senior in Cormac Ryan, a junior in Harrison Ingram, and another fifth-year guy in Armando Baycott. Bringing on a true freshman to lead that show is a big weight on a freshman. So, Marlo, I know this is the counterpoint. This is the unpopular opinion, but I think it's really important for people to hear some of the things that you outlined in this article. Why, you know, like, how do we think through about Elliot Cadeau either starting right out of the gate or, you know, kind of learning college a little bit and then maybe coming in later or whatever it may be? Yeah, first off, um, I hope y'all celebrated the same way I did when the, the basketball account tweeted out him being on campus finally and going through a practice. I quote tweeted and said, he's here and he's beautiful. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, there was just so much celebration around his reclassification. And, you know, look, uh, at the time of his commitment, and we talked about it, I was very, or his reclassification, I was very upfront and said they shouldn't start. I, I, I don't I think you're asking too much out of him. Um, you're putting him in a situation where if this goes if this goes wrong, someone's job might be on the line. And that, that's a lot to ask. Uh, Someone. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that's a lot to ask out of out, out of a, a freshman point guard. And, you know, the biggest thing is that, like, when you look at you look at Carolina, there are some schools that bringing dudes in and starting right away as freshmen, it works. Yeah. It, it works at Duke. It works at Kentucky. It, it, it works at Kansas. It's not maybe Carolina. somewhere even less under the light. Like, right. Like, yeah. Like there's yeah. some places where you can go and Carolina just historically and traditionally with the way that they run their, 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 their system it's very hard for Kobe White's of the world to come in. And even it took Kobe White about a month or right. so right. to get going. And so, like, the best example that that I, I look at is Kendall Marshall. 
because this is the guy that this this that the Cadeaux get compared to the most. It took Kendall until after the second ACC game, I believe, where they went to Georgia Tech and they got smacked before Roy Williams handed him the keys and Larry Drew quit on the program and transferred out. <laughs> so Cadeau's going to play. He's going to play a lot, and he should play a lot. But I don't think it's a bad thing if he comes off the bench and then integrates himself into the starting lineup. Because I think here's the thing we know about Coach Davis is that if you prove yourself, he's going to play you. And if there's data that proves him coming off the bench and he's playing more and more minutes and stuff like that, I think he'll move him into the starting lineup. But if he's going through the growing pains that freshmen have playing college basketball at a school like Carolina, I would much rather him learn coming off the bench and, and, and until he is ready to start. And so I think it's a, I think it's an interesting piece, or I think it's an interesting discussion because you look at – you look at every virtually every college basketball writer in the country, local, national, whatever, they've already penciled him in as a starter. Like it's a no brainer. Like I said, a lot goes into that decision because you got to work in chemistry. How does RJ Davis feel about playing off the ball? We don't know after that Brendan Marks article how that's going to play into it. Sure. Does he fit better with the second unit? Does he give you more depth coming off the bench? He's gifted. He's talented. He might be the most talented guard on the roster once he shows up. That doesn't mean he should start right away, though. Marlo, who would you and and Pagnotta, We'll get to you in just a second. But Marlo, with if if you're starting the season with Cadeau coming off the bench, who would you advocate for as the five starters right now? Man, that's that's a really that's a really good question. Thanks. That's why I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> I have been under the opinion that since you saw the entire wing position transfer out of the program, Carolina is going to play the way Hubert Davis wants to play. And that's three guards, a forward, and a big. And so in my head, the starting lineup has been R.J. Davis, Cormac Ryan, Paxson Wojcik, Harrison Ingram, and Armando Baycott. Okay. Um, first off, I like the size that you have with Paxson Wojcik and Cormac Ryan. I think I think you can compete defensively on that end. We all believe Harrison Ingram and Carolina's system is going to thrive a lot more than he did at Stanford. That's right. And then you've got a fifth-year senior in 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 Armando Baycott. Um, and the reason why I don't have Seth Trimble starting is because of how limited his minutes were the last ten to twelve games. He's basically like a quote-unquote redshirt freshman, if you will, because he played so little. And, and so I think he's gifted and talented, but. You know, I, I I don't I don't see him starting this year, and you know, with with Simeon Wilcher no longer uh, going to be on campus, you know, his, the chances of him starting, you know, of course that went out the window. So, um, and I like the fact that we could be really old because I think San Diego State. I would be through, three five, three fifth year guys yeah. in the starting lineup, and San Diego, you're not going to tell me that experience didn't play a role in the Aztecs run, not just to the Final Four but to the national championship game. Yeah. Man, interesting. I don't know that I've heard anyone else this offseason advocate for Paxson Wojcik in the starting lineup. You, my friend, are a unicorn, and I'm here for it. Pagnata, where are you at on, on this whole conversation, specifically before before you give me your starting five, about Cadeau? Are you in the camp with Marlo? You think coming off the bench, at least to start the season, would be a better thing for him? Or do you say plug and play right out of the gate? 
Well, I mean, with the Wojcik thing, by the way, the reason why we've been losing listeners on the podcast is because of opinions like that. But um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm we just kidding. had a record month, but all right, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm just messing around. Hey, I'm no, seriously, messing. congrats, guys. That's all. Seriously, a record <laughs> month for y'all? No, no, not now. I was lying. <laughs> you got no credibility. You got no credibility. We had like we had like two or three months in a row where we were putting up our our best numbers during this past season, which is amazing because I guess people just wanted to hear us complain a lot. Um, it, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to Cadeau, I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard because you get so infatuated with the player him, himself. I mean, I watched him at the Geico Nationals, and I thought, man. This kid, like everything that they've said about him is is 100% true. That's right. And, you know, you say, okay, well, we don't want freshmen that are going to come in and start right away. Well, if he gives you a reason to start him right away, then you have to. Like if he's really just that much better than everybody else, if you really feel like he's the guy that makes your offense tick the way that you want it to and you feel like he can sort of open up R.J. Davis at, at that two-guard spot, and I think you run with it. Part of the reason why I wonder if R.J. Davis really didn't like playing the two-guard spot is because he just didn't get fed the ball the way that he needed to. From when Caleb, if Caleb's at the one? I, you know, and look, yeah. I mean, we talked about it. He was a guy that was, you know, he wanted to control the game. Caleb did. and At times, it was almost a selfish nature, it seemed like. Um, and that was what was so frustrating. Cadeau, it's going to be the complete opposite. You you saw a game, in, speaking of those Geico Nationals, you saw a game where he scored two points and had 14 assists. Like, the, the guy knows, hey, if it ain't my night, I can share the ball. I can impact the game in different ways. And I feel like if, if that's the guy that you feel, if you feel he is ready to come in and make that big of an impact, then you, you've got to just, you've got to let that happen. You can't worry about, you know, the year that's next to his name. And the other thing is, is I know a lot of people will probably say, well, he's a reclassed guy. So you're talking about a 17-year-old coming up. No, you're not. You're no. talking about a guy that's already almost 19. That's he right. went to Link Academy basically as an extra year. So he's got a lot of experience. He's helped, you know, Team Sweden uh, with the U18 in their qualifiers. So he's he's got a lot of experience playing in a lot of different settings. Um, and I really think he's a guy that Carolina, they, they need in this offense. They need somebody that can move the basketball well because really, I mean, since Cole Anthony, you know, came on campus, I feel like that's been one of the biggest issues for Carolina. And I'm not, I, I've seen a lot of people that say this. I'm, it is not Cole Anthony's fault that the ball movement has not been as good since he came on campus. Carolina knew what they were getting when they brought him in. They brought him in for a specific reason. They wanted a point guard that could take over and score the ball because of the way that that roster was going to be built. And here's the thing. If they would have, if he would have ended up staying healthy and they would have had success around him, really, if no, I, I hate to say this because I'm such a big Roy Williams guy. If they would have built the roster better, then we would not be talking about this. Mm -hmm. they, they would, they, if they had a successful season, it would be completely different, but the, the offense has been incredibly stagnant ever since. They've just they, there's there's not the ball movement that we're used to. Elliot Cadeau can get you back to a team that moves the ball as well as anybody in the country. The way that he's able to get out on the fast break, I mean, 
you're, you're going to be amazed by some of the things that you see from him. Like we've been saying, we want Carolina to start running more to get back to playing Carolina basketball. If there's a dude that could do it, it's, it's Elliot Cadeau. And if he can prove that right out of the gate, you have to start him. That's what I think. He, All right. He could do I, it. Here's what I want to do, boys. I want to call a little bit of an audible here because I want to keep – I think this conversation is really good. I want to keep talking about it. I want to get Pagnata's starting five, and then I want to kind of continue to unpack this a little more. And what we can do is truncate our football conversation down into that last segment of oh, Of course. The of day course there. football gets truncated. Great. You know what? I'm Have better takes will give you more airtime. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So – we're going to do that. We're going to keep talking about this basketball conversation. We're going to get Pagnata's starting five and uh, see what else there is to talk about with Kado. Because I've, I've got some thoughts on how he might handle that idea of coming off the bench. We're going to talk about all of that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Folks, I don't know how else to say this. I'm just going to keep it real simple for you. Bird dog shorts and pants make you look good. The bird dog stretch khaki shorts, for example, they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg. I feel gross saying that, but it's true, giving you a truly sculpted look. And I don't know about you boys, Marlo and Pagnata, but I need help getting that truly sculpted look. These shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. Their regular shorts, you know, they're often... Other companies made of stiff, restrictive cotton. But bird dogs have invented cloud knit fabric that look just like khaki, but stretch to allow you to get a slimmer fit without sacrificing movement. Not to mention that they have anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you order, you'll get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off all summer. I promise you that. Okay. Pagnata hard, right turn right back to basketball here. You, you talked about, I mean, I think I know where you're going to go with this based on what you were just saying about Elliot Cadeau, but give me, give me your starting five as of right now in the middle of June. Well, so I just told you that they, if, if he's the guy, then they should go with him. Uh, but here's the thing. He has Tell me the thing. Yet. Tell me the thing. He hasn't proven it yet. He's got to prove it before I can put him in that starting lineup. So as of right now, I would – my starting lineup would be RJ at the one. The two would be Cormac Ryan. The three would be Harrison Ingram. The four would be Jalen Withers. And the five would be Armando Baycott. Um, I just, you know, to me, I mean, Cormac Ryan is a guy that can shoot the ball from the outside. You need that at the two spot. I feel like Harrison Ingram – I've seen a lot of people that want to play him at the four – I think his size really fits for him playing at that three spot. Um, and Jalen Withers is a lot better than I think people realize. He he was a guy that just got stuck. I mean, can you blame him? He got yeah. he got bogged down by Louisville, who was garbage last year. So I, I and mean that's putting it kindly, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that seriously, I could put it in much different terms. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, he was a guy that it still still produced at a pretty solid level, but I really think him being in a position where he doesn't have to be. I mean, there, he was basically the number two guy. L. Ellis was their number one. That's he right. was their second option. 
years he won't be counted on yep. in that you know it, to to fill that role this year. So maybe the pressure being off of him, I think, could allow him to succeed. So that's who I would roll with right now as my starting. Guard. And that's kind of similar to what Marlo was saying about. Harrison Ingram, by the way, of like the pressure to not have to be number one or number two, which is, I mean, let's face it, number one and number two are going to be RJ and Armando, regardless of the starting lineup or whoever it is. That's mm-hmm. option one, two, A, B, however, what alpha, beta, whatever letter numbering system you want to put on it. And then anybody else in that starting lineup or anybody else off the bench is going to be three, four, or five, unless those guys are obviously out. And so, um, Pagnotta, that the, the lineup you just gave has been my other iteration prior to Cadeau. That mm-hmm. that's where I was at as well. I think a lot of that is like from all the from everything that I heard out of the conversations that Coach Davis and Harrison Ingram had before he decided to come was that they talked about him coming to be a small forward to play the three position. The the only reason it seems like the, the conversation about him being a small ball four as part of the starting lineup is because of if you go with Elliot Cadeau, then that almost forces your hand because you need RJ Davis in the lineup. You really want Cormac Ryan shooting in the lineup, and then it just kind of pushes down the line. And so basically, it feels like between the three of us, because right now where, where I'm at, I'm assuming that Cadeau is going to do everything you said, and so I'm going to go ahead and pencil him into that starting lineup along with Ryan Ingram, um, RJ, and Armando, right? And so between the three of us, the differences are I've got Cadeau, Marlo, you've got um, Paxson Wojcik, and Pagnata, you've got Withers. Out of these, not just what we think will happen, which, which do you guys think is more likely that Coach Davis will actually do on November 6th? He loves proving me wrong. <laughs> um, it's what he's done his two years as Carolina's head basketball coach. I think it's your lineup, Isaac, just because of 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 Cadeau and 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 what he's bringing to the table. Here's the reason why I don't think Jalen Withers needs to start. It's not that I don't think he's capable. I think he's a capable ACC player. But if you go with the lineup that 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 Pags uh, laid out there, who's scoring for you off the bench? You don't really have a whole lot. I mean, outside you have in your starting lineup. Wojcik. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing with Wojcik. You know why I like Wojcik being a starter? Because he's a guy that's going to do all the little things. And Is that that not Cormac Ryan, though? Yeah, but Cormac Ryan can. At a higher level. Yeah, I think so. Well, Cormac Ryan can score it, too. Like, his shooting is there. His facilitating is there. You know, Paxton Wojcik can get on the glass. He's gonna he's gonna defend, um, and like here's the thing, most people when they when they go when they, when they lose a player like Leaky Black, you kind of take for granted what that guy did for you. That's a good word, man. That's a good I, word. I, I don't want to I don't want to go through that. I don't want to experience having to taken for granted what Leaky Black did for this program the last five years. That frankly wasn't a great defensive team even with him last year. It, exactly, and so. You know, if you're going to have a guy in there that's going to have to, you know, he's had to fight, scrap, and claw to become the player that he, he, you know, he wanted to be. I know it was at Brown and stuff like that. But, like, you're talking about a kid that, you know, his dad was an assistant at Carolina under Matt Doherty. You know, he took pictures with players. Like, Carolina's in his blood. It's in his DNA. And, you know, he when Hubert Davis 
one of the things he talks about that really relishes with my soul is having an understanding and a gratitude for putting on that uniform, walking out of that tunnel and playing on that floor. Cause it's not a God given, right? Okay. It is, you know, it is, it is something that you should never take for granted. And, and I don't, I don't want to take for granted what Leaky Black did for us. And I, I don't think Paxton Wojcik is a guy that's going to do all those little things. And so that's my thing with Withers. I think Withers is going to be a really good player. He could be a six-man-of-the-year type of dude in the ACC for Carolina. I just want that guy coming off the bench because we need to be deeper, and the only way to be deeper is to leave some really, really good, talented guys on your bench. Well, the yeah. fact that the fact that we all had three different lineups, doesn't that show how deep this is? Doesn't I, that's that show a great that there's point, depth man. here? That's a great point. I mean, there's depth. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that. I just uh, – well, I think my lineup's better than yours, and I just told you why. <laughs> well, but here, here's my here's my issue with Wojcik. I get what you're saying. You want, especially defensively, you're going to want him, you know, to be out there because he's probably a, a more polished defender than some of the other guys. I mean, let's be honest. He's probably a better defender than even Harrison Ingram is. But the concern that I have with him is, is he going to be able to score the ball as well as you, as you need him to hmm. uh, at a consistent rate? Like, I mean, he, would, he scored Like, I would feel better about it if it was Nick Timberlake who we were after or if it was oh, Dalton yeah. Connect rather than Wojcik, right? Like, I would have taken either. Oh, Connect, yes, 100%. You know? Well, here, here's one thing I will – I, I want to circle back around to this before we move back. <laughs> we keep pushing football. I don't want to push football. But in, in either of y'all's lineups with Cadeau coming off the bench, here's what I like about him is he is someone that strikes me as someone that would not get all butthurt about that, like would would welcome it and say, like, if I haven't earned the right to be in the starting lineup, okay, I'm going to keep working at it. And I think he is a guy that would take that and handle it well rather than quitting on the team or, or being done with it, right? Like, I think if he if he is reclassing to come, it's because he believes he will probably be able to do what he needs to do to be the starting point guard. However, I think he has the type of personality that even if not, it will be okay. Agree? Yeah, yeah. no. I, I, I think I think he's a Carolina guy. And, and I think he's a Carolina guy through and through. Um, I, was, I was about to take a personal side at Simeon Wilcher, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that to you, Shane. <laughs> So I, I I don't I don't think if he if he's coming off the bench and he's still getting his numbers and, and Carolina more importantly is winning, I don't see this being an ego thing. I think that's the biggest thing Hubert Davis did this offseason was he clinched his program of egotistical basketball players. And I think he's got a group and look, I even tweeted this out. You, you know, what's I've noticed this in everything they've put up on practice so far this summer. You notice they're all wearing the exact same uniform, hmm. the exact same shirt, the exact same shorts. And on the surface, it's not a big deal. It doesn't, it doesn't mean they're going to win more games. <laughs> that didn't happen a year ago. They walked to practice, and they looked like a team of individuals. They walked on the court a team of individuals. He's building his team. And I think whether Cadeau's coming off the bench or he's a starter, it'll be a team first, not a me first mindset. And that'll make a whole lot of difference in the actual results you see on the court. 
And I'll tell you this, if he's not starting, the guy who is going to be the starting point guard is a heck of a lot better than Larry Drew, too, ever was. Let's move <laughs> on to football. Taking shots. There you go. Bar. It's a very low bar, man. Okay, so much movement in the class of 2024 for football lately. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I want to get Pagnata's thoughts on who he is most excited about, maybe two guys. Then I also want to dig in on where is the elite depth of talent that we've had in classes past that hasn't yet come in this class. And we got to figure that out. We'll talk about it in just a second. All right. Fellas, let's switch gears from the court to the football field. Give Mac Brown some wonderful love here. We had Carolina camp midweek last week for football. And since then, we've seen a flurry of activity in terms of offers and guys committing. Pags, I want to hear from you. Who are you most excited about that is recently committed to the Tar Heels in the class of 24? I mean, look, there are a few of them. I mean, one that stands out that I think is probably a developmental guy, I think really just from the fact that he's an in-state guy, is Curtis Simpson, the <laughs> three-star athlete, guy that's going to play edge rusher for Carolina. Little spelt frame, smaller guy, six foot four. Did you just say svelte? That's right. That's yes. Right. I'm so um, proud of you right now. So, I mean, it's just, like, I taught him that word. You're going to have to put weight on him. Stop talking. This is my time. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have to put weight on him. Uh, but I, I think, you know, it's it's big because the state of North Carolina has not been an area where Carolina's had a lot of success recently. Um, it's frustrating. I know there's a lot of people that are not happy with the staff right now. Um, and one of them is me. That's one of the things that, you know, we've talked about uh, from the word go with Mac Brown was that you needed to bring in your in-state guys first. Um, but it feels like, you know, Carolina's doing a good job of, you know, of, of trying to close the gap with some of these guys that are currently still available in-state. And then they're doing a good job of going into Georgia, going into Florida to land some of these guys. I mean, you know, another guy that I really like that, that I watched, you know, commit the other day and I watched his tape and, I thought to myself he probably should be a guy that's ranked a little bit higher. Hmm. Uh, out of the state of Tennessee is, is Cruz Law. Really like him, guy that fills the gap incredibly well. Biggest thing for him, though, is he's going to have to really learn how to you know drop back into coverage, not something he does a lot at the high school level. Uh, but you don't see a lot of linebackers do that at the high school level no. if you're a typical inside linebacker, um, especially with a lot of run-heavy offenses. So – both of those guys I just told you right there, you saw what this class is built on. There are a couple of guys that are really good. I think Davian Gauss, a lot of people still yep. not giving him the credit that he deserves as the four-star running back that sort of headlines this class. So but a lot of these guys, they're upside, they're upside pickups. You, you've got you, this is going to show what your staff's made up. You have guys on the mm -hmm. staff that can actually develop talent. Because in years past, you you brought in the big names. You brought in some of the heavy hitters. You've gotten five stars from your own state, from Virginia. But so far, and I mean, look, there's like with Travis Shaw, we're still waiting. I think he's going to break out this year. I agree. I think this is his opportunity now that he has lost some of the weight. But I mean, you're seeing with some of these other guys that Carolina's brought in, they just haven't panned out. And it's because the staff hasn't developed, guys. Now, this is the time where you're going to see what this staff is really made of. Do they step up to the plate or 
Do they fall short because they just don't have the talent? Well, Pags, let me ask you this because, like, the, the I know stars are just stars and ratings are just ratings. But when you look at it going back the last couple of years, let's go back to say 2020, 28 total recruits. This is per 247's numbers, by the way, one five star, nine four stars. 2021, 24 total guys, one five star, 12 four stars. 2022, 23 total players, two five stars, eight four stars. This this year, coming in, 23, 20 total players, zero five stars, six four stars. And then so far in this class of 24, I know it's still developing, but seven to- 17 total guys, zero five stars, and as you just said, one four star. Is that diminishing returns? Is it the recruiting not being as high level is, or is it more of like an intentional, like we want to lean more into the development side of things rather than going after these elite guys who might end up transferring out? Well, the last point I think is definitely part of it. And it's not really that. I think it's more of, we have tried to recruit guys that are elite talents and make them fit what we want to do. Now we're going to recruit guys that fit what we want to do and try to turn them into elite talent. That's what I think this staff is looking at right now. Man, but look, there's no denying that th- right now one of the big things that's hurt you on the recruiting trail is your lack of success on the field at times in certain areas. That's the thing. You look and you say, well, you know, they're coming off a nine-win season. Okay, they are coming off a nine-win season. They're coming off a nine-win season where they lost their last four games to opponents. A whole lot different if those losses are sprinkled. Yeah, and and to opponents that weren't great, by the way. You lost your second consecutive game to NC State. Another uh, One of the big things Matt Brown talked about was taking care of the home state, taking care of those rivalries in state. He's losing the games against NC State that he needs to win. And – the thing is, is that if that happened following a season where, you know, in Sam Howell's final year, Carolina wins eight games, maybe nine, we're not really panicking that much. We're saying, okay, that was not a great finish. This, you know, come on, we need to we need to play better with Drake May as our quarterback. But the fact that they've won six games the year prior, and then you followed it up with how you finished last year, that's hurting you on there. And then Again, one I've said this multiple times on on the Heel Tough blog podcast, and I think it's something that a lot of people around college football will acknowledge as well. Mac Brown's one of the most vocal guys when it comes to speaking out about NIL, about the transfer portal. He's a guy that is trying to keep the old version of college sports in place when he talks in press conferences. And it's every press conference he's got to bring it up. And guess what? If you're Nick Saban, who now seems to be doing this every press conference as well, you could say that. You you still win every year. Kids don't care at all if you say that. They say, hey, dude, he doesn't like NIL. Well, who cares? He still wins. We're, we know we're going to go to Bama and win. At Carolina, that just the, the track record is not there for you to be this vocal against NIL. You have to adjust to the game that's happening. He says, well, Carolina is doing things the right way in terms of how they're going about their NIL collectives and everything like that. But there's no rules. There's no rules. You need to go out and do the things that other schools are doing to land these guys. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take the mindset of, hey, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to look out for us. We're not looking out for everybody else. We're not looking out for the NCAA. Who cares what the NCAA is? Because they are in Yeah, yeah. 
So do your thing. So that's that's where I, I, I do wonder how much him being vocal about those types of things on the recruiting trail, how, it, it, that's got to be hurting you, right? Kids are asking questions about that. And we need to find better answers to those questions. Marlo or Pagnotta, great stuff there. Marlo and I are just nodding our heads along with you. I don't think there's really anything else to add on that. But what we do need to do in future weeks is dig a little deeper on some of these guys. We need to unpack them one at a time and start our kind of summer look ahead at some of the position groups and, and what we're looking forward to with hopefully breakouts from guys like Travis Shaw. Can these offensive and defensive lines pick up with what's happening at some of the skills positions and man can that secondary come along that's going to be a lot of our conversations this summer and we'll get to those in due time folks that's it for today's episode of locked on tar heels and this week on tar heels always fun to wrap it up by talking with the guys from heel tough blog make sure you go check out all their good work and follow these dudes on twitter unless you hate the mets at htb anthony for bagnata at htb underscore josh for Marlo, obviously, you can follow the show at Locked On Heels or me at Isaac Shade, particularly all you Braves fans out there. You know what's up. Let's rule the East again. Uh, man, I got to get those shots in, y'all. I'm so sorry. Hey, way to beat the Yankees. Let's let's win that Subway Series. We can all get together around that. Um, if you would, go subscribe to the show here on YouTube. Just hit that button. Smash the like button to let us know you're here and leave comments on your thoughts on the idea of Cadeau coming off the bench or starting and what's going on with football stuff. If you want to have deeper conversations, you can email us lockedontarheels at gmail.com. We want to remind you it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be right back with you next week to start unpacking some more stuff. But until then, have a great weekend. Peace.